0: Have you missed doing this? Because it's been, it's been a couple of weeks now.
1: It has been a while actually, hasn't it? I've been very busy as so have you with uh, what we've yeah, been doing in the company. I covered it in the, the last show. Um, yeah, it's been a busy two weeks, but it's definitely good to get back on and record the next episode. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It may have been a while, but now it's time to get back on track. Hi there everybody, Martin here and welcome to episode 15 of the Startup Diary where in this episode. We're going to continue on with our journey leading up to present day. Now, we've talked a lot about the beginnings of the company, but one thing we haven't really covered off is how Adam initially funded the business. So let's jump right in.
0: When we got started, I kind of got introduced to two different different options of funding. So you can either bootstrap Mm -hmm. or you can go and raise capital. So just to be really clear in case anyone doesn't know the term bootstrap. So bootstrap is basically um, you make money by selling stuff and the income that you generate funds the business growth. So you don't take on any debt. It's money in using that to grow the business. Um, The alternative is raising venture capitalist or seed money. Mm -hmm. um, And that's when someone gives you some cash, gets equity in the business. And then from there, you take that amount of money and use that to grow the business. So we had a product. We had an idea. And I was in two minds of whether we go and sell that vision into people and actually raise some funds, or we actually bootstrap this thing, validate it ourselves, and then take that um, and work out we only do 12 months down the line. i got some great advice is the fact that from where we were in terms of the business, we hadn't validated anything yet. And I believed I 100% believed in what we were building, and I thought if, if I proved the model first, then the value of the business would be worth a lot more later on. Right. Um, So rather than you selling a dream, you're actually selling a a tangible thing that you've built. So I actually took the decision back then, rather than trying to go into the VC world and uh, raising some seed funding at that point, I decided to bootstrap the business. So I actually did that through consulting. So I left my old job and then stepped into a consultancy role uh, for builders, merchants and manufacturers.
1: Moving on from there, I wanted my next questions to really dig into what kind of consultancy Adam did, what advice he got? And after that, ask him a really big question that I think a lot of people who are thinking about doing something similar might want the answer to. So my background was working in builders, merchants, manufacturers. As a
0: side job, I was building websites, doing SEO, PPC, just to kind of get some extra money on the side, because that's a world that I knew. And the builders, merchant, builders, manufacturers scene is five, ten years behind everybody else. So there's a big opportunity in terms of someone with both industry knowledge as well as tech web knowledge to go and help them with online marketing. Basically, all the buzzwords around digital yeah, marketing, yeah. social media marketing, and all that jazz. Um, I stepped into that role and I did that for about 12 months. So it was kind of digital marketing for builders, merchants, and manufacturers.
1: When did you feel like you were expert enough to do that? Because I think there's a lot of people that think either think they know a lot probably do know a lot but think maybe consultant's not for me or maybe it is. When did you think actually I have to know how to do that?
0: Yeah that's a really really good question. So there's 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 two answers to this. One, I knew that I knew more than most people that I was currently working with. So I was working in a job, I knew the marketing department and mm-hmm. I knew what they knew and I knew I knew more within my own company. But that didn't let me think actually the rest of the the rest of the industry is the same. And there was a big confidence jump in the fact that I got told, as long as you know more than the next person in the room, you're adding value. But the real kind of imposter syndrome kicking in element is when you come down to rates. I mean, everyone's going to hire you for 25 pound a day because you might come up with one idea. The real thing is, is when you're choosing your rates and how much you charge as a consultant, that's really when doubt starts to kind of kick in. Like I knew I knew I've got results, I had clients, I knew my stuff and I'm generally a kind of a confident guy and, oh, yeah. I, <laughs> and I, have no, I have no problem selling. Um, but I only sell the stuff that I know I can do but that wasn't the issue. The issue was is choosing how much you charge as a consultant because what I thought was a good day rate, the market would have said, oh, he's not very good at what he does and there's this weird thing that happens with consultancy is as corporate specifically, is they think the more that they pay, the better that you are. And what? I just didn't know that world until I got some advice on it.
1: Okay. And I also know what advice you got and who it was from. So you into yeah, that as well. Yeah,
0: exactly. So I actually got the advice uh, from a good friend of mine who actually later invested in the company. I told him what I was going to charge as a day rate. And he just instantly said, triple it. And for me, that was very uncomfortable because I was charging what I thought was a top end of a day rate. And weirdly, this is where kind of previous background might kick you in the ass because that's what I knew a good day rate for the construction industry, like labor rates were. Right. Um, And I thought, okay, we'll add a little bit of a premium onto that, and that should be where a consultancy lies. And it was also really good money for me at the time. And then taking a step back, looking at it now, is it might have been good money for me as an individual, but it wouldn't have put enough money into the bank as a business to grow it. Right. So when you're looking at consultancy, and I know we'll probably get onto this, but looking at the reason you want to do it and why, I needed to get extra money into the business to grow the business and not just build a lifestyle for me. Mm. Yeah, so I ended up tripping my rates, going in, getting a few clients. Then what happens with client work is it's really simple. If you do a good job, everyone wants to work with you. If you do a shit job, you very quickly get fired. And that's what consultancy is like. Um, I believe I did a good job. We won lots more work to the point where we were turning down work. And the consultancy side of what we were doing actually took over the business And it was only at that point when I realised it that I needed to take a step back.
1: So consultancy seems great, so long as you understand why you're doing it. With so many benefits, I had to ask, was there any moments where Adam thought this was a better option than continuing with his own company? Oh, 100%. I mean, when you go from, and just put it in
0: perspective, is after leaving my job, starting the consultancy, is I was earning, let me work this out, I was in four and a half times more per month than my salary doing consultancy, which was a huge amount for me at the time. And there's obviously that point where you say, hold on, this growing your own business thing, why not just keep doing consultancy? But the thing is, is one, I set out on a mission to build my company. And the consultancy thing was a stopgap to bring the money in Mm -hmm. to fund the business growth. And then you have to understand why you're doing consultancy before you start doing it. Because I know I've seen and I've heard of so many people get stuck in that consultancy trap. I want to start a business. Let's go and get some money. Let me do some consultancy. And then actually this pays well and they get stuck into that lifestyle. And they might like that. But consultancy lifestyle, you're just trading hours for money. And yes, as you get better, you trade less hours for more money. But there's always a ceiling on that. And my kind of mission was to build a scalable business with a great team. And you just can't do that as a consultancy. It's a service-led business and it wasn't what I wanted to do, but it took a kind of a, a big reflection on why I started the consultancy to say, actually, I need to do the same thing as what I did when I was leaving my company is plan when I'm going to stop this consultancy. So then my top tip for anyone that's doing the consultancy to grow the business would be to say, actually... Forget the money side of it. Let's sit back and work out. I want to do consultancy to prove my product before I go and raise C capital or VC funding, if that's the reason you're doing it, and then set yourself some milestones. So as soon as I've got 1,000 users on my platform, I believe I can raise some money, and then I'm going to cut the consultancy on the head and then go and raise money. Otherwise, if you don't have those milestones, you're just going to keep in the consultancy because it's really nice money. It It goes in your bank account. You're earning four or five times more than you normally would, and you can very quickly settle into that lifestyle.
1: Client work is very different to a set nine to five, depending on what kind of job you do. So I wanted to ask a bit more on what it's like making the shift, what dealing with those demands is really like, and what mistakes Adam made along the way. What was it like dealing with clients? Did you have to think about how you spoke to these people? What was it like? Clients are shit. <laughs> uh,
0: and like, Don't get me wrong, like I had some fantastic clients, but general client services. Is It was so different to the world that I knew because what happens is when I worked in a corporate, I had one boss. I had one line manager yeah, yeah. and I dealt with them. And then I became a consultant and ended up with seven to 10 good clients. But then you have seven to 10 bosses. And as a consultant, that's the role that you're putting yourself in is every client that you have as a consultant is your boss. So you went from having one boss to 10 bosses. At the same time, you're trying to build this business on the side, which is what you want to do; it's your dream. But you need to make sure that you deliver them for each of those seven to ten clients. Balancing that for me was so difficult because I wanted to deliver. Because it wasn't just the fact that I was doing consultancy for the sake of it; as these clients that I was working with would be a stepping stone in the future for yeah, the business when I was so in. key to what you wanted to do. Exactly, I was building some fantastic relationships, so I needed to deliver on what I said I'd deliver. Just generally, client services are super tough. You never under you completely underestimate how much time it's going to take to do a project so for example doing a web build project i knew roughly how long it would take me because i was the guy that was building simple websites for smaller businesses as soon as you're dealing with a bigger business there's five people sat around the table who all have input and all of a sudden they say actually adam can you come in next tuesday we've changed our mind and it's a nightmare like anyone that had dealt with client services completely understands where i'm coming from it was tough it was a big lesson and if you actually just think about what's happened this afternoon as a company it probably taught me a lot of what we for for what we've done today like we've got part of what we do now is client services and i would not be at all prepped for this that's why i feel really comfortable doing the client services we do now for our members um because i was doing it at a 20 times scale yeah like 12 months ago but just
1: generally doing client services is tough what mistakes did you make or what do you feel like you could have improved on
0: (laughs) good question um what mistakes did i make so i was a
1: yes man that was my problem really yeah, I, I wouldn't have thought you'd say that actually.
0: No, I think so. Having looking back, it, it was it was really clear now, but at the time, I was working for three, four times what I believed I should. So I looked for every opportunity to deliver extra value. Right. So I'd take the extra call at nine o'clock at night. I'd go to meet the client at six o'clock in the evening, knowing it would last for two to three hours, and I w- I wouldn't bill for it on top. So the problem is, is I had my I had my rate. I then looked for, I looked for every opportunity to deliver value into that above and beyond because I thought I was charging too much. So imposter syndrome resulted in me becoming a yes man to the point where what what should have been a maximum of 12 days per month would have, it worked out more like 18 to 20 days per month. If you included evenings and weekends that I, that I did.
1: Is that is that sort of path for the course? Is that something to expect? And then you find the balance once you've kind of found your feet a bit more.
0: Yeah, I think it's a combination with introductions, client services, charging more than you think you should, as well as imposter syndrome kicking in. Those three things collectively just resulted in me working a lot more hours than I expected and taking my eye off the ball with the business that I wanted to run. So if I really drill into it, the fundamental problem that I made was taking my eye off the business and focusing purely on the consulting for three to four months. That's all I did. And When I looked at the metrics of the business, they were just standing still for four months. So eventually got there, but the real problem that I made doing consulting was focusing on consulting.
1: Okay. So keeping your kind of core idea alive is more important than that consulting. That's what you're saying there is that for just for a little bit, you got sidetracked and trying to deliver value on something that mattered, but not in the long run was what was really like draining a bit of that resource.
0: Yeah, exactly. So... As a consultant, you've got a lot to do day to day. And there is, there's is a lot of people that think consultants have it easy. And I have a newfound respect for consultants because there is a lot that they do. As long as you're making them deliver, but day to day, do your job. But don't forget the big vision and the, and the mission that you're on and the reason you're being a consultant in the first place. If it finds out that you actually love doing consultancy, work out whether it's you love doing consultancy or you just love the money and then take a step back and work out why you're doing it in the first place. Right. Like, I know I just want to reiterate it, but too many people that I know of um, get dragged into just from the startup circles that um, I've kind of been in the last two years is consultancy results in a big problem when you're bootstrapping because it is very, very attractive, especially if you
1: land the right clients. We've heard both the pros and cons from Adam's side of the table. So it was time to round it all off by asking, would he recommend it? So, if I think about consultancy and the reason that I did it,
0: it's because I wanted to validate the the idea of the business before I took on funding. Yeah, I always knew that I'd take on funding. If you've got a business that requires large capital to get it off the ground, whether it's machinery, uh, a team, a development team, a marketing team, if you break down what your business needs to get traction in the first place, and you and you realize actually for me to have a shot at making this business work, I need a large sum of money to kind of get off the starting block, then bootstrapping it and doing consultancy is not the right thing to do. Okay. Because you, you need a large sum of money. You need to go and raise that money to start your business. If you look at your business and say, what's the MVP? So the minimum minimal viable product that I can create to show that this thing has has legs, this idea could work, I 100% recommend Possibly not consultancy, but bootstrapping the business. And what I mean by that is it might not mean you becoming a consultant. It might mean you getting a night job or working at Costa in the day and working on your business in the evening. Whatever you need to do to keep the lights on in your house and pay the bills while you're growing your business, then do that. Retaining equity in your business in the early days is so crucial because if you validate that idea on your own coin and you put yourself through that pain, of hold on do I actually need to go for this fancy dinner or can I save that 50 quid and have an extra test on my marketing campaign yeah, in the course. business I think every founder should go through that pain if you I'm going on off a bit of a tangent now but I know that there's a lot of companies that, that raise funding and they have it easy from day one and the problem that that creates is you don't understand the value of money because you've just been given a quarter of a million pounds to go and start your business and you don't understand what it's truly like to to get revenue. If you bootstrap, then you understand what revenue means to the business. Every it's, fight, every, exactly. every it's kind of the call. it's the blood in the business. And if you don't understand that your business eventually needs to make money regardless of whether you're trying to scale it up or not, it comes down to the bottom line. And if you've had 12 to 18 months of looking at your bottom line, it's great training. So I would recommend whether
1: it's consultancy or I definitely recommend bootstrapping it if it's an option. We've covered an important part of how our company developed and hope it shed some light for some of our listeners that may have been or may be in a similar situation. We're really glad to be back, so thank you very much for listening. And we hope you'll join us next time on The Startup Diary.